Hello and welcome to episode two of the Creating Happy Writers podcast. Thank you for joining me as we delve into the exciting world of writing and publishing and everything in between. My name is Steph Caswell and I'm an author and writing coach on a mission to help you find confidence and happiness in your writing journey. To explore what it means to be a writer. Because writing is more than getting words on a page. It's more than holding your finished book in your hands. It's about the personal journey we go on as writers, the challenges and the triumphs we face on a regular basis. I'm also an avid reader and feel we can learn a lot from the writers who have gone before us. So during these episodes, I'll be sharing books I think you'll love and learn from too. So without further ado, let's get started. In this week's episode, I'm sharing how you can discover your ideal reader when writing nonfiction. You know, the person you'd love to pick up your book. When planning your book, identifying your ideal reader is the best place to start. As a business owner, you've probably already done some ideal client work when creating your products or services, getting into the minds of prospective buyers and creating stuff that appeals to them. It's a similar process when considering your ideal reader. Knowing your ideal reader, inside out, is essential to writing a book that appeals to them. You may already know them in part, as they're often people who are or have been clients, or it may be that you're writing about a journey you've been on yourself. Whatever the situation, there are some useful questions you can ask yourself, or points to consider that really help with this part of the book planning process. The first one is demographics. Demographics, a word favoured by many marketing gurus. If I'm honest, it doesn't really light me up inside, but it's an important part of identifying your ideal reader. You don't need to go too in-depth here. Whether they drive a Ford Focus or like doing yoga on a Tuesday isn't as important here as it is when planning other aspects of your business. But being able to picture them in your head is helpful though. When you're willing to gouge your eyes out with a spoon rather than sit at the keyboard for the 11th billionth day in a row, picturing the person you're writing to can help. To do this, you'll need to know a few things about them. Consider their age, family situation, gender, finances. All this will help you to know who you're pitching your book at. A book for a 20-something millennial entrepreneur would sound a lot different to a book for a 60-something retired gardener. When writing my first book for teachers on behaviour management, I got very clear on the demographics of my ideal reader. They were in their early 20s. They'd just finished university. Single. They were on a starting salary for teachers. Dreadful. Still living at home. Newly qualified as a primary school teacher, etc. But that was it. I just needed a few details to get the ball rolling. Or should I say, the pen writing. Do as much as you feel necessary, but don't spend hours on demographics. There's something far more important to consider. Psychographics. While demographics can help, it's psychographics that really help you understand and identify your ideal reader. It's about getting under their skin and learning about the way they're thinking. What's happening for them on a psychological level? In the world of sales... Buyer psychology tells us we all buy with emotion and justify with logic. Thanks to the chimp part of our brain, emotion leads us to make the majority of decisions. It's emotion that's going to lead your idle reader to pick up your book. More importantly though, 
how are these emotions manifesting themselves? Using the same book I mentioned above, here's an example of the psychographics work I did for my ideal teacher reader. Their psychographics meant they were nervous about managing behaviour. They kept having dreams, the class would run riot. They didn't have very positive feedback on their behaviour management during their student placements. They wanted to start their teacher journey as they meant to go on. Now, not everyone who picks up that book will fall into these categories, but think of it like a dartboard. Your ideal reader is the bullseye. Most will match your ideal reader description. Other people may buy your book who don't quite hit the target, but are on the periphery of your metaphorical dartboard. Most of what you're saying will work for them too. So let's dig a little deeper into psychographics. Consider these questions as you learn more about your ideal reader. Why is your ideal reader picking up your book? Think about the last time you purchased a business or a non-fiction book, be it online or in a bookshop. Why did you choose that particular book? What was the problem you were facing that you needed a solution for? Maybe it was new knowledge about a particular topic, or maybe it was deeper than that. Maybe you wanted a particular transformation. Here are a couple of examples of books I've recently bought. The first one is Hype Yourself by Lucy Werner. The problem I had was I don't know a lot about PR, and I wanted some tips to help me put a strategy in place. The second book, Persuasive Copywriting by Andy Maslin. I wanted to further my copywriting skills and knowledge to help me produce excellent results for my copywriting clients. The third one, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. This was all about transforming my morning routine. I wanted to start the day in a more purposeful way, making time for myself and the important aspects of my health and well-being. As you can see, each of these books had a very specific, detailed reason for me searching out and buying them. Yes, of course, you'll sometimes pick up a book that just catches your eye, but often we buy with purpose. We buy because we're facing a challenge of some sort and we want or need help to solve it. How is your idle reader feeling at the start of your book? Now it's time to name some emotions to help you really connect and identify with your ideal reader. Not only does it help you in the planning stages, but you can then use these in your introduction. Naming emotions helps your reader identify themselves in your work. They'll feel as though you're speaking directly to them. That connection is so important. Maybe they're confused, uncertain, scared, overwhelmed or frustrated. Whatever topic your book covers will help you here. For my latest book, Dare to Write, I knew that my ideal reader would be feeling overwhelmed at the thought of writing a book. They're also frustrated that they've tried to write before and the process has felt too hard and complicated. Once you've identified how they're feeling at the beginning, it's time to consider how you want them to feel by the end. When they put your book down, which emotions will be running through them? Excitement, motivation, serenity, relief... Take the time to note these down too. It's worth using them as a reader promise in your introduction. Another question to consider is what keeps your reader up at night? If you're writing a book for honeymooners or Viagra patients, you may have a very different answer to this question. But for the rest of us, 
it's about considering the most dominant emotion your ideal reader is experiencing. It won't be the sole reason they march out to buy your book, but it'll be a large contributing factor. Take time to really unpick this. Again, you might have done some of this work when looking at your ideal customer or client, but take the time to write it down again. At the start of your book, you need to show empathy for the reader, that you, the author, really understands them and how they're feeling. I always recommend acknowledging their emotions in the introduction to really signpost that empathy and build that connection. As coaches and consultants, you're often witnessing transformational change. You talk about and consider where your client is and where they want to be. Imagine your book as the bridge between these two places, guiding your reader on the journey, just like your coaching sessions do. You might find it useful to find an image that represents your ideal reader and stick it up in your writing space. It can help you remember to write to one person. If you try to write to everyone, you'll end up writing to no one. And finally, if you really want to identify your ideal reader, why not use a survey and ask some of the key questions to them directly? You may be surprised by the results. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it's helped you understand who may be picking up your book or searching for the transformation and support you offer. If you found this episode helpful and enjoyable, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review on your favourite podcast platform. Much like book reviews, podcast reviews can make all the difference in getting more listeners and spreading the Creating Happy Writers message. And if you know another writer who'd enjoy these episodes, do share it with them too. You can also give me a shout out on social media using the hashtag CreatingHappyWriters. If you'd like to connect, you can find me at creatinghappywriters.com and on Instagram and Facebook at creatinghappywriters. If you'd like further support to write a book in your niche, you can buy a copy of my book, Dare to Write, How to Confidently Write a Nonfiction Book to Grow Your Business, which takes you on the journey from initial idea to publication. All links are in the show notes. So until next time, happy writing.